7 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. on the East Coast of America, 3 p.m. in London, in Kyoto, Japan, it is 11 o'clock at night. In Australia, they've returned to 1824. And in Malaysia, it's 1985. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Welcome in. Hello. Welcome, 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 welcome. Across Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitch.tv, and uh, yeah, nice to have you along for the ride tonight. It's a Monday. It's Monday. <laughs> it was a Monday in every sense of the word today. Every sense of the word today. We are going to blast Australia tonight because they're idiots. And I got insider info that people are fed up. I hope so, because you should be. Uh, let's see, we're going to cover that and a couple of uh, interesting topics tonight we've got for you. Also, uh, a little birthday celebration. It's not my birthday. My birthday's in January, so I'm more towards one year older than I am towards one year younger, so, um, yeah. And welcome in also to all of our podcast listeners who will be listening to this after we're done being live. Our podcast is available on whatever platform you download your podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Amazon podcasts, we're everywhere. Just search I'm Not Wearing Pants, this logo, and that's it. Hit the subscribe button. And if you wouldn't mind, please, also Parlor, <laughs> Parlor, <laughs> that's the other one, rumble.com, rumble.com slash Pants. If you're listening to the podcast and you want to watch the video version of our show, it's completely free, no charge to you. You can uh, sign up for an account, which is also free. Cool channel. And a big competitor with YouTube these days. In fact, in some categories, it's overwhelming YouTube. So, how about that? Anyway, uh, rumble.com slash jsheldonnopants is where you'll find all of our shows, all of our video versions. What you're watching right now live, you can see there in the, re in the replay. If you're on the podcast and you'd like to also watch my ugly face do this show, you can do that. If you'd like to support my ugly face, you can do that on patreon.com slash jsheldon. Uh, check it out. Sign up if you'd like. We truly appreciate you that have and uh, those of you that will. You want to help to support the show. Patreon.com slash jsheldon is where you will find us. All right. I think we've gotten uh, rid of all the important business of the night. Oh no, we forgot this. Miko update. Yay! Miko update. By the way, I'm wearing my dabbing Shiba Inu shirt. There we go. I'm wearing my dabbing Shiba Inu shirt again tonight. <sighs> because we loves it. Um, yeah, that is, uh, Miko is doing well. She, uh, we, we actually had a great weekend. We went to, uh, Desa Park City 
to the park there where they allow dogs. There were tons of dogs, tons of people. We had a great time. And we have not been able to do that because we've been under house arrest for, you know, like 50 years or something. And um, we finally were able to get out. She was beside herself. Just the car ride itself was exciting for her. And let me just pop that down. There we go. The car ride itself was amazing for her. She loves, she'd ride the whole way there. It's about a hmm, 20, 25 minute trip from where we live to Dessa Park City. And um, she will stick her nose out the whole ride. I mean, even on the highway, we're a little careful about that because the motorcycles come kind of close. But um, I don't know how she puts up with that wind in her face for like 20 minutes in a row. Just, But as all dogs do, she loves it. So she had a great time and we had a great time. And uh, thanks to the folks at Dessa Park City for being open-minded and... Uh, letting people with dogs and enjoy their their furry family members we really appreciate that it's a cool place very cool place thanks dessa park city all right uh let's move into our uh, our crap tonight before we get into blasting australia which we are gonna do because they're idiots well let me be clear. Well, you know what i'll do that when i get into the australia part before that uh, if you have watched any bit of news this week or last, uh, you know that um, Afghanistan is a mess. I I'm not really going to, whatever has been said has been said. Biden's an idiot. His team is an idiot. Carmela is actually just south of us right now, down in Singapore. She's probably left by now. But uh, yeah, the goofy laughing uh, Carmela or Carmela is, uh, was in Singapore. Uh, earlier today or yesterday, eh, who cares? Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, but this was said about what's going on in Afghanistan, and this really kind of sums up a lot. Do not say that nobody won the war in Afghanistan. If you invested $10,000 in defense stock when the war began, your stock today would be worth almost $100,000. Yeah, think about that. Defense contractors and their shareholders, that's who won the war in Afghanistan. And that's the sad truth. <sighs> All right, Australia. 1824, is that really where you want to be? I've got quite a few friends in Australia. Mostly former Malaysians who moved there to get away. But um, yeah, quite a few in Australia. And some other friends down under. I've never been down under. I don't have any particular desire to go. And if I did, I wouldn't have any anymore. Because your politicians are complete freaking idiots. You may have seen this one. Uh, came out. I don't know, a week or so ago, maybe two weeks ago. You've you've likely seen this ridiculousness. Here, give a listen to this. Whilst it is in human nature to engage in conversation with others, to be friendly, um, unfortunately, this is not the time to do that. So even if you run into your next door neighbour, 
in the shopping centre, in the Coles, Washer, Coles Woolworths or Aldi or any other um, grocery shop, don't start up a conversation. Now is the time for minimising your interactions with others. Even if you've got a mask, do not think that affords total protection. We want to be absolutely sure that as we go about our daily lives, we do not come into contact with anyone else that would pose a risk. Hmm. So there you go. Now you're not even supposed to talk to your neighbours. This is the kind of stupidity <coughs> that politicians are wrapping around our necks, these idiots. And it gets worse. Oh, yes, it does. You might be thinking, okay, that's pretty stupid, but it, it can't get worse. Wrong again. Australia's terrifying new vaccination policy removes children from parental authority. I'm telling you, these people have lost their minds. Americans continue to squabble over diminishing civil rights, counterparts in Australia cannonballing right into the deep end of totalitarianism. Uh, Americans typically think well of Australians. That's true. They've got a scrappy history. They're irreverent. We love their uh, actors. <laughs> uh, unique spirit that we seem to be drawn to, and we often mistake that for individualism. It isn't that at all. Humor, sauciness, but Australia is still a Commonwealth nation. They have European sensibilities, and despite the va uh, valiant efforts of Europe in World War II, Europeans have never extricated themselves from the lure of socialism. And man, are they ever. To quell the desire to socialize, the premier of the province of Victoria announced citizens will not be allowed to remove their masks in public, even to drink a beverage. Even to drink a beverage. The military has been activated to enforce COVID restrictions. Would be an alarming thought for anybody living in the West. And now uh, the Minister for Health in Australia has announced 24,000 students will be herded into a stadium to be vaccinated by the government. It should be noted Australia had strict vaccination laws since 2018. Parents can receive heavy fines and lose welfare benefits if they refuse to comply with the traditional vaccine schedule. The article goes on. I just thought I would highlight one or two little points here to show you just how totalitarian these morons in Australia have become. And I was talking about some of my friends there. I've got some insider info that people are, are that close and that ain't very far. They're that close. Civil disobedience. Um, the truckers have had enough. They're looking at organizing. In fact, sometime very soon, they threaten to shut Australia down. I mean, normally truckers would do that by parking their trucks on the highway and just locking them up and walking away, blocking all access to everywhere. Not a bad idea. I'm going to get thrown off of every channel I'm broadcasting on, and I don't care. Okay, 
Again, you say, okay, this is really bad, but, well, that's if you believe in, you know, freedom and liberty and all that good stuff. You know. Can't get any worse. Wrong again! Australia reaches peak insanity as one town government shoots shelter dogs. Yeah. Claiming it would uh, stop people from coming to the shelter to adopt the dogs and therefore interacting. Several impounded dogs due to be rescued by a shelter have instead been shot to death by a rural idiotic council in New South Wales under its interpretation of the restrictions, the virus, alarming animal activists and prompting a government probe. Borkshire Council in the state's northwest killed the dogs. Man, this pisses me off. To prevent volunteers at a Cobar-based animal shelter from traveling to pick up the animals last week to save them. According to the council's watchdog, the Office of Local Government. Uh, the article continues here. While any form of animal abuse is hard to stomach, the level of cruel stupidity goes far beyond the pale. It makes Ghost White look like a deep suntan. How can any, any rational person make this, not only make that decision, but then carry it out? A simple, hey, volunteers, make sure you're vaccinated, would have been sufficient. Or so little as wearing one of those marvelous little magic masks that go to great lengths to make people feel good about their doing their part, but never mind how they're far more decorative than effective. And exactly how dire was the threat demanding this action? According to New South Wales Health, there have been no, no, that's zero, locally acquired cases in Cobar although fragments of the virus have been found in the area's sewage system. The level of utter stupidity and paranoia it takes to make this kind of a decision is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I, I got nothing else to say. Australia, you're on your own. Good luck with that. And our little neighbor to the south. Again, I'm not making comments about Malaysia because I'm not allowed to. But I can make comments about other countries and I'm gonna. You think your government there in Singapore is, uh, you know, all above boards? I don't think I've got any listeners in Singapore. we got lots in India, New South uh, Australia, New Zealand, uh, UK, US, of course. Got a ton of people there. I don't know why. I have to market myself in Singapore more. <laughs> anyway, look at this little, uh, little update here. This is cool. Singapore is a model country built up by good people, good culture, good intention, and good purpose. That's posted by one person, Rachel Chong. Then... Madhuri Sharma says, Singapore is a model country built up by good people, 
good culture, good intentions, and good purpose. Sound familiar? Thank you, Prime Minister Lee. You have my full support. And then somebody answered her and made a comment. You already used this line. You have to post what's assigned to you. <laughs> are, you, are you getting my point here? You have to post what's been assigned to you. Nice job, Singapore. You got caught. Idiots. Do I want... Yeah, I want to do this. Okay, one more. One more. It's just... A, it's it's Paulo Freire. And again, I don't know who Paulo Freire is. Hey, obligated orb. Oh my God, where have you been, man? <laughs> Twitch pod J. Yeah. With no pants, no less. Uh, obligated, it is great to see you tonight. Thanks for popping in. I appreciate it. All right, cool beans. Hey, let me just get this one in very quick. It's great. It's a little confusing if you don't know what dialogically means. It means having a dialogue. You're tired. Hang on, obligated. I'll get to you in a second. Leaders who do not act dialogically through the process of dialogue, but insist on imposing their decisions, do not organize the people. They manipulate them. They do not liberate, nor are they liberated. They oppress. Paulo Freire, I believe is how you say that. Dialogically, as in having a dialogue with the people you're supposed to represent. Obligated orb. All right, let's get to you now. Why are you tired? You need a vacation. A vacation? Va I'm not sure I'm even pronouncing that right. Ve vacation? Vacation? What is, what is this word? Vacation. I, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> You know, that's actually true. Since we've been under house arrest here in Malaysia for a year and a half, it'll be coming up on two years before too long. Nobody goes on vacation. Well, first of all, we can't travel. A little more now, but not really. We haven't been able to travel. If you leave the country, there's a good chance you ain't coming back. And if you do, it's going to cost you four months salary and all kinds of inconveniences. So it's really just not worth it. But... um yeah, it's been that long. <laughs> it has. I'm trying, you know, as I'm talking, I'm trying to remember the last time I went on vacation. And I know I'm old and my memory's failing, but I honestly cannot remember. I mean, I remember holidays I had in Thailand. I went to Phuket a little while ago. I mean, years now, but not that long ago. Maybe three, four years ago. Uh, Pattaya. Uh, no, honestly, I can't remember. I'm not sure that I have had one since I was stuck in, uh, in Phuket for like a month. There was, it was a bit of a paperwork snafu. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's been that long. 
yeah, take a vacation, okay, if you can. Even if you can't travel to another district or another state or another country, God forbid, take a holiday. Take some time off from work. Relax. Show me that Bahasa. Oh, Osman is teaching you some stuff, mostly slang. <laughs> oh, I, you know what? That's a funny thing, slang. Yeah, there, there, there's slang in, in the Malay language, Bahasa Malaysia. But there's no dirty words. You know, when you learn, when you learn another language, one of the first things you learn is usually the cuss words, the swear words. I don't know why that is, but we, we all tend to do that. But um, there are some nasty inference kind of words in Bahasa, but there isn't really, you know, the F-bomb or things like that. I mean, we, there isn't that in uh, Bahasa Malaysia. Um, but anyway, saya cukup Bahasa Malaysia sikit sikit, but not very good. So you just, I'm not even going to try. Um, I can order food. I can be polite. I can, <laughs> yeah, he definitely taught you that. I can, you know, have a conversation, very surface level conversation. And I can understand quite a bit. If somebody talks to me, I may not be able to reply to them in Bahasa, but I can understand a good 80% of what's said, unless it's with a weird dialect or they speak very fast or a lot of slang. So, yeah. But I'll, I will tell you that when I was in, uh, in law enforcement in uh, Monroe County at the sheriff's office, because we were in the Florida Keys, which is just above Cuba, nine, Key West is 90 miles above Cuba. So we get a lot of, uh, there's a lot of Cubans, a lot of uh, ex-Cubans who moved to the U.S. and a lot of illegals that were there also. <clears throat> and every Spanish uh, language speaker has a dialect. There's a Mexican Spanish, all kind, wherever, wherever the country you're from has a different dialect. And Cuban Spanish is a bit different in and of itself, which is what I learned a little tiny bit of because being in law enforcement, it was quite helpful to be able to not only understand but speak some Spanish. And... Um, and true to my story in the beginning, the first words I learned were all the nasty words in Spanish. And let me tell you, Spanish has got some great cuss words. You think we uh, English speakers have got the cuss language down? Mm-mm. Oh, no. Those Spanish people, and the other one is the Italian people. Italians, they know how to curse. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, indeed. All right, what else have we got? We got just one or two more things, and then we have a very special edition of our book tonight. Uh, if you don't know, we read classic books on this stream at the end of our stream. And tonight, I know it's late, at least it is here in Malaysia. It's like 10.30 at night almost, 10.20. But um, if the kids are awake, not right now, but in about 10 minutes or, or less, gather them around, because we've got a very cool story especially for kids, but I think the adults will enjoy it too. And it's just one book tonight, the whole book tonight, because it's very short. It's Peter Rabbit. It's a lot of fun.
All right, so we'll have that coming up. Uh, one more thing we wanted to, one or two more things we wanted to share here. I love this. It's from Fnord University, which sounds like, it sounds like a Muppet place, but I don't know what Fnord, F-N-O-R-D. How would you pronounce that? Fnord or is the F silent? I don't know. Robert Anton Wilson, who said, listen up, you got to pay attention. In short, humanity has already achieved technically the whole success that all utopians ever dreamed of. Our problems are now entirely due to wrong thinking. We are in the tragic comic predicament of two crazed men dying of thirst, fighting over a teaspoon of water in the middle of a rainstorm. Think about that. The tragic comic predicament of two crazy men fighting over a teaspoon of water in the middle of a rainstorm because we are hypnotized by emergency reflexes fixated on the teaspoon. Robert Anton Wilson. Very nice and sadly true. But uh, yeah, wow. Uh, cool. All right. We always leave you with something upbeat because we beat the crap out of Australia tonight because their politicians are complete freaking moron idiots, totalitarian imbeciles, who I hope will get taught a lesson very soon. Off that subject. Yvonne SR, I want to share this with you tonight because it's brilliant. You can do, you can't do, let me start again. You can't do anything about the length of your life. But you can do something about the width and the depth. Wow. Evan Essar. You can't do anything about the length of your life, but you can do something about its width and depth. That's deep and that's really nice. Okay. Who said this? Guess who said this? Put it in the chat. We start off small and slow, and we grow into a big light that stuns and amazes us and lights up the sky, then grows quiet again, then returns and makes our heart beat faster until finally all that is left is memories burned into our hearts and minds. She's not only talking about, philosophically about our lives, but if you think about it, our lives as they relate to a firework, which starts off small, grows into a big light that stuns and amazes us, lights up the sky, and then grows quiet again. I've admired this woman for so long, not politically. Politically, she's an idiot, but her music and her 
knowledge of marketing and her ability to say, to things she doesn't agree with, I couldn't, I couldn't admire her more. And I am talking about Madonna. Um, again, lover or hater, I have loved her her entire career. She'd just almost been the song track to my life. If she'd have been around in the 70s, I would be able to officially say that. But uh, really, for the 80s and 90s and 2000s, uh, Madonna has been amazing. Uh, and quite an incredible discography behind this woman. I, look, I don't have to tell you about Madonna. But something occurred to me today because August 16th, I think, just uh, a week ago or less, was Madonna's birthday. I didn't realize that Madonna and I are the same age. Seriously, well, we are now. I'm about seven or eight months old older than her, but we were both born in 1958. Unbelievable. I never, ever would have imagined. And look how different our careers were. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Madonna and I are the same age. I think she looks better than I do. What do you think? I'm almost sure of it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine? Unbelievable. All right. <laughs> oh, man. I think we've gotten through our entire collection of crap tonight that we wanted to share with you. Um, so <laughs> we are going to move on and back over to, uh, to our book. I've got, I got two cool things tonight. The one is just an announcement. So before we do that, I'll, I'll tell you, yes, we are doing Peter Rabbit tonight. And it will just, the whole book is going to be tonight. It's not very long. It'll probably take 15 minutes, maybe less, of the story of Peter Rabbit, which is brilliant. Uh, and and we will, we'll be reading that coming up in just a bit. But the other thing is that beginning on our next stream, Wednesday night, we are doing... H.G. Wells, The War of the Worlds. Yes! <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. That is such a cool book. Uh, many of you have seen the, the films, uh, the radio broadcast that Orson Welles did, which, you know, caused all the drama. Back. When was that? In the 50s? 40s? I forget. Um, but anyway, this book is the original, H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds. Uh, in fact, there was a animated film created here in Malaysia, but shown worldwide, uh, called War of the Worlds Goliath. It is a brilliant, brilliant film. Uh, I'll try and stick a link to it in the description uh, later on of the show. Um but War of the Worlds Goliath uh, produced here in Malaysia, and I'm actually in that animated film. I do the voice of several different characters in the film War of the Worlds Goliath. Uh, Leon, thank you for that. It was an absolute honor 
to be a part of that project. And uh, yeah, so um, if you get a chance, you can Google it or whatever search engine you use. Just put in War of the Worlds Goliath animated film and check it out. It is brilliant. It's so good. And I'm not saying that because I'm a small, small little part of it. But you will indeed hear my voice in, uh, in the, as a couple of different characters in that, uh, in that film. It's quite cool. All right. Uh, so we will be doing H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds, which will begin with the very first chapter Wednesday night on our stream. And then, as usual, we'll continue all the way through the entire book till we get to the end. It's going to be a long one, but it'll be worth it because uh, it's damn cool. All right, the amazing Beatrix Potter wrote this next book we're going to do. It's just tonight. It takes just one stream to get it done. And it is the tale of Peter Rabbit. Uh, I love this story. And I actually remember my mom reading this to me when I was a child, a very young child, which was like 150 years ago. But uh, it, it was first published back in 1902. My goodness, that was a very long time ago. What, nearly 120 years ago? Wow. All right, here we go. From Beatrix Potter, The Tale of Peter Rabbit. Once upon a time, there were four little rabbits, and their names were Flopsy, Mopsy, Cottontail, and Peter. They lived with their mother in a sandbank underneath the root of a very big fir tree. Now, my dears, said old Mrs. Rabbit one morning, you may go into the fields or down the lane, but don't go into Mr. McGregor's garden. Your father had an accident there, and he was put in a pie by Mrs. McGregor. Now, run along and don't get into mischief. I am going out. And then old Mrs. Rabbit took a basket and her umbrella and went through the wood to the baker's. She bought a loaf of brown bread and five currant buns. Flopsy, Mopsy, and Cottontail, who were good little bunnies, went down the lane to gather blackberries. But Peter, who was very naughty, ran straight away to Mr. McGregor's garden and squeezed under the gate. First, he ate some lettuce and some French beans. And then he ate some radishes. And then, feeling rather sick, he went to look for some parsley. But round the end of a cucumber frame, whom should he meet but Mr. McGregor? Mr. McGregor was on his hands and knees planting out young cabbages, but he jumped up and ran after Peter, waving a rake and calling out, Stop, thief! 
Peter was most dreadfully frightened. He rushed all over the garden, for he'd forgotten the way back to the gate. He'd lost one of his shoes among the cabbages and the other shoe amongst the potatoes. After losing them, he ran on four legs and went faster, so that I think he might have gotten away altogether if he had not, unfortunately, run into a gooseberry net and got caught by the large buttons on his jacket. It was a blue jacket with brass buttons and quite new. Peter gave himself up for lost and shed big tears, but his sobs were overheard by some friendly sparrows who flew to him in great excitement and implored him to exert himself. Mr. McGregor came up with a sieve, which he intended to pop upon the top of Peter. But Peter wriggled out just in time, leaving his jacket behind him, and rushed into the tool shed and jumped into a can. It would have been a beautiful thing to hide in if it had not so much water in it. Mr. McGregor was quite sure that Peter was somewhere in the tool shed, perhaps hidden underneath the flower pot. He began to turn them over carefully, looking under each one. Presently, Peter sneezed. Could you? Mr. McGregor was after him in no time and tried to put his foot on Peter, who jumped out of a window, upsetting three plants. The window was too small for Mr. McGregor, and he was tired of running after Peter, and so he went back to his work. Well, Peter sat down to rest. He was out of breath and trembling with fright, and he had not the least idea which way to go. Also, he was very damp from sitting in that can. Well, after a time, he began to wander about, going lippity-lippity, not very fast, and looking all around. He found a door in a wall, but it was locked, and there was no room for a fat little rabbit to squeeze underneath. An old mouse was running in and out over the stone doorstep, carrying peas and beans to her family in the wood. Peter asked her the way to the gate, but she had such a large pea in her mouth that she couldn't answer. She only shook her head at him, and Peter began to cry. Then he tried to find his way straight across the garden but he became more and more puzzled. Presently, he came to a pond where Mr. McGregor filled his water cans. A white cat was staring at some goldfish. She sat very, very still, but now and then the tip of her tail would twitch as if it were alive. Peter thought it best to go away without speaking to her. She had, he had heard about cats, from his cousin, little Benjamin Bunny. 
So he went back towards the tool shed, but suddenly, quite close to him, he heard the noise of a hoe. Scritch, scratch, scratch, scrit. Peter scuttered underneath the bushes. But presently, as nothing happened, he came out and climbed on a wheelbarrow and peeped over. And the first thing he saw was Mr. McGregor hoeing onions. His back was turned toward Peter, and just beyond him was the gate. Peter got down very quietly off the wheelbarrow and started running as fast as he could go along a straight walk behind some black currant bushes. Mr. McGregor caught sight of him at the corner, but Peter didn't care. He slipped underneath the gate and was safe at last in the wood outside the garden. Mr. McGregor hung up the little jacket and the shoes for a scarecrow to frighten the blackbirds. Peter never stopped running or looked behind him till he got home to the big fir tree. And he was so tired that he flopped down on the nice soft sand on the floor of the rabbit hole and simply shut his eyes. His mother was busy cooking. She wondered what had he done with his clothes. It was the second little jacket and pair of shoes that Peter had lost in a fortnight. I'm very sorry to say that Peter was not well during the evening. His mother put him to bed and made him some chamomile tea, and she gave a dose of it to Peter. One tablespoonful to be taken at bedtime. But Flopsy, Mopsy, and Cottontail had bread and milk and blackberries for supper. And that's the end of the tale of Peter Rabbit. <laughs> I told you that was cute. That's a cute little story by Beatrix Potter, first published back in 1902, 120-almost years ago. Wow, that was cute. Hope you liked that. I did. All right, beginning on our next stream, our next book is going to be H.G. Wells' The War of the Worlds. Get ready for it. It'll be a lot of fun. All right. That's it, gang. Thanks so much for stopping by our stream uh, tonight. We'll see you again on a Wednesday night, 10 o'clock Malaysian time. Until then, I'm Jay Sheldon, not wearing pants. Good night, folks.